All right, we've got a subject today that's going to be fascinating for your Bible subject. This is uh, done through little Bible detective work. And what is Bible detective work? That's when you take the evidence, you look it up, you find it, you search the scriptures, you put it all together, and uh, sometimes you have to, I used to just paste it on a big wall, but now I can do that on the computer. So, surprising definition of faith. What is faith? Most people don't know what faith is. I'm not sure I know what it is, but I'm going to show you what the Bible says about it. Surprising definition of faith. Now, you might also call this empty believism. Now, some people call it easy believism. There's nothing easier than believing. And believing on the Lord Jesus Christ is all that's required for you to be born again. Now, you may question my belief in that as we progress here, but we'll clear that up later. Okay. What is empty believism? There's a lot of empty believism today, and I think that's a better term than calling it easy believism. So, what we're going to deal with is how were people people saved before Christ in the Old Testament? How were they saved? A lot of misunderstanding on that. The answer is by being faithful. They were not saved by the blood sacrifices. They were not saved by the law. They were not saved by keeping the law. It says it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. So those sacrifices did not take away sins. Furthermore, people like Noah and Abraham and Job were all saved before there were any sacrifices whatsoever. All those Old Testament characters, but even Moses himself was saved before there were any sacrifices uh, that took place. So the word faithful appears in the Old Testament uh, a number of times. A whole Bible, it appears 109 times. Faithful, faithfulness, and faithfully. Uh, faithful and faithfulness are adjectives, and faithfully is an adverb, and faith is a noun. Now, the word faith only appears in the Old Testament twice. That's surprising, just twice. And neither time does it speak of anybody having faith. In both cases, it speaks of people not having faith in one case and of a pro prophecy of future faith, but not faith at that time. Now you say, how could that not be faith? Because when you come to Hebrews chapter 11, it attributes faith to a whole lot of the Old Testament characters. Because, now here's the key of what I'm bringing to you today. Faith and faithfulness are the same thing. Faith and faithfulness are the same thing. All right, let's look at it. Here's what the Bible said about how they were saved in the Old Testament. My servant Moses is faithful in all his house. That's what it says about Moses. And they come to the New Testament, it says, by faith, Moses. So his faith, his faithfulness and his faith were synonymous. 1 Samuel 22:14. Who is so faithful among all the servants of David, which is a king's son-in-law, and goeth, uh, goeth at thy bidding, and is honorable in the house? David was a faithful man. Now, the word faithful is the word faith full, full of faith. One who has faith is full of faith or faithful. Now, the connotations that have evolved is that faithful is one's actions over a period of time, whereas the connotation of faith has evolved to be something that somebody possesses. It's a noun. Faith is a noun. And it's something that you possess that has no 
correlation to actions. It's just this uh, mysterious uh, inner soul resource that you have called faith. Even the world all believes that. Now, that's, that's incorrect because without faithfulness, there is no faith. We'll come to that. Nehemiah 7, 2, that I gave my brother Hanai and Haniah the rule the ruler of the place, charge over Jerusalem, for he was faithful man and feared God above many. Faithfulness and fearing God come together. Nehemiah 9, 7, Thou, O Lord God, dost choose Abram and brought us him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees and gave us him the name of Abraham, which means exalted father, and foundest his heart faithful before thee and madest a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Gergesites, to give it, I say, to his seed, and has performed thy words for that righteous. You see, God said another time to Abraham, he said, I, I chose Abraham because I know that he will teach his sons and his sons after him to be faithful. So God chose Abraham because not of his faith, but his faithfulness. Now, Granted, faith is what issued into faithfulness. But faith alone is empty and dead until faith blooms into faithfulness. You have nothing. And so Abraham was faithful, and that's why God chose him. It wasn't just by grace. It was because of his faithfulness. I know that's freaking you out. Come on, hang with me here. Psalm 31, 23, the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Now, remember the word faith is basically non-existent in the Old Testament. It's this word faithful. Psalm 101, 6, mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in the perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that tells lies shall not tear in my sight. I'll destroy all the wicked, so forth. So God's eyes are on the faithful. It's not your faith that gets God's eyes on you. It's faithfulness in the Old Testament. Then the presidents and priests sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they would, could find none occasion or fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault in him. Now, Daniel was, his faith issued in his submission to the rule under which he was prisoner. Hosea 2.20, I will even betroth thee to me in faithfulness. This is a prophecy. And thou shalt know the Lord. So this is a prophecy of the coming uh, state of Israel under the grace of God and the finished work of Christ. He said, I'll betroth thee unto me in faithfulness. The children of Israel will become faithful. That was what God was anticipating from them. That was the future he had in mind. Not some personal faith that issued in nothing, but in a life of faithfulness to God. Now, you have that same thing which we overlook in the New Testament. Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. You see, the faithfulness had to do with material things, his response, his actions uh, in regard to material things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So here we find God extolling 
faithfulness. Luke 12, 40. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to them? And the Lord said, Who is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give him the portion of his meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. The f faithfulness was an act of doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Faithfulness is the end result. If somebody tells you they have faith in you, but then they act as if they do not, it's meaningless. When they show faithfulness toward you, then you recognize the faith they have in you. God is likewise. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful, full of faith acting in a way consistent with that faith. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints, which at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. This is the way Paul addressed the Christian church at Ephesus, is they were not the people of faith. They were the people who were faithful. Not noun who had faith, but who in an adjective or a verb were faithful in their actions. Colossians 1.2. The saints and faithful brethren, that's what he calls the church at Colossia, faithful brethren. Now, Hebrews chapter 3, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as Moses was faithful in all his house. Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which to be spoken after. So we'll see later that God speaks of Moses as by faith he Crossed the Red Sea by faith, he offered sacrifice by faith, so forth. And here it says that that was faithfulness to him that appointed him. And then here's further linkage as seen in the New Testament interpretation of Old Testament events. Galatians 3 9. So then, they which be of faith, that's us New Testament Christians, are blessed with faithful Abraham. So he links New Testament faith to Abraham's Old Testament faithfulness. As Abraham was a man of faith, faithfulness, we too enter into the faith, faithfulness of Abraham. Habakkuk 2.4. But this, now here's the one, one of the two times in the Old Testament that the word faith appears. Now, by the way, it's, it's translated, this, the Hebrew word translated faith here is translated faithful or faithfulness or faithfully everywhere else with, with some other variations, but mainly translated faith and faithfulness throughout the Old Testament. So I won't go into you why we translated faith here, but there's very good reasons. But it's the same word. In other words, the just shall live by his faith. Same word as faithfulness. Galatians 3.11 this is the New Testament quote of that Habakkuk 2.4. No man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. Notice the word his appearing in Habakkuk. Live by his faith. In Galatians, his is dropped. The Holy Spirit chooses to drop it. The just shall live by faith. It didn't say his faith. Won't go into why, but there's reasons for that. No man is justified by the law and the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Now, 
The Greek word for faith here in the New Testament is the word that's used for faith throughout the New Testament. And so he's linked it with the word faith in the Old Testament or with the word faithfulness in the Old Testament. So the New Testament faith is the Old Testament faith faithfulness. Romans 4, 9. Cometh this blessedness upon the circumcision and only upon the uncircumcision, for we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Now, let's see how faith was reckoned. This is a very important passage, and we'll conclude with this section in Hebrews, Hebrews 11. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. He's going to tell us throughout this chapter how they obtained a good report. In all cases, it was by doing something. It was not by crying and confessing their sins and having this burst of internal faith. It was by believing God to the point of acting out that belief that the elders obtained a good report. True faith will get a good report by one's actions. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. That's the way you knew Abel had faith, is because he offered an excellent sacrifice, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Abel became righteous by his act of faith. It wasn't the sacrifice itself that made him righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead yet speaketh. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can't please God without faith. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him and faith go together here. Faith is diligently seeking God. It's not a passive. When I was eight years old, I exercised faith. I walked down an aisle. I was baptized. I believed. I got saved. Now I'm a drunk. I'm a dope head. I, you know, I think I'll go back. To, I haven't been to church in 15, 18 years and Maybe one day I'll go back, but right now I got this woman I'm sleeping with. I don't, you know, people go, I hear people go on with all these stories and they somehow got communicated by the preachers that because they had this burst of emotional faith at some point in the past and they felt really good that somehow they have faith today without faithfulness, they have no faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, here's Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, by faith he moved with fear. By faith he prepared an ark to the saving his house. By faith he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. So it didn't say in the account of Noah in Genesis chapter 6 that he had faith. It just spoke of his faithfulness. The New Testament interprets that as it opens it up to our understanding as faith. But the faith, again, was preparing an ark. The faith was moving with fear. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place, now remember we talked about Abraham's faith, were justified being brought into the faith of Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place we should have to receive from inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. Abraham's faith was that of obeying and following God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who promised. Now I'll just inject this. That's what true faith is. 
Faith is judging him faithful that made the promise. When you truly judge him faithful, you believe that, you enter into this walk of faith with God. Now, here it back to Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. See, faith issues in the offering he made. By faith, Moses, when he's come of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction, steaming the approach of Christ, so forth. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies. What'd she do? She lied. She allowed them to stay hidden in her, <laughs> her brothel. And then she let them down with a rope so they could escape. And so God saved her. And she became um, in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. James 2, 17. Now, here we'll conclude with this. I thought we was concluding with Hebrews. We've got another passage. This is going to give you the book of James in a different light. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Now, he's not saying faith plus keeping the Ten Commandments. It's not like the Seventh-day Adventist teach, that faith plus Sabbath-keeping plus uh, night-eating meat plus so forth, so forth, that if you do these works of the law with your faith, then God will look at your works of the law and you'll be saved. That's not it. Faith is the only thing required for salvation. But we're defining what faith is. Faith is dead if it's alone. Look at it. Yet a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. He's saying that faith issues in obedience, in works, in faithfulness, if it doesn't, it's not faith. Thou believest there's one God, thou doest well. The devils believe and tremble. In other words, belief are just an intellectual ascent faith. Yeah, I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he's, lives, he, he's God. I believe he buried and raised again. He's gone back to heaven. Yes, I, I believe that. Well, the devil believes all that too. Don't you know the devil believes all that? Thou believest one God, thou doest well. Without no vain men, that faith without works is dead. Faith that doesn't issue in a heart of faithfulness toward God is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? You see, Abraham, who was had righteousness imputed to him by faith, that faith was not an empty, idle, quickly passing sentiment. It was a state into which he entered a life that became the, the focus and center of his being to walk in obedience to God. So he, he was justified by his works because the works were faith works. See thou how that faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. The faith was brought to a state of maturity by the acts of obedience. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. So he's linked that famous passage Paul speaks of so much in Romans, Galatians, Colossians of imputed righteousness to the faith in works. He's saying as the scripture was fulfilled which said and it had occurred previously Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now I've got, I've got that in a book 
uh, speak of that. In fact, this book of Hebrews right here, I, this most recent book I've written, you need to get that. That covers faith. That's the main point I'm making in the book of the teaching commentary I have on the book of Hebrews. The scripture was fulfilled which Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. A man is justified by works because now again he's not talking about the works of the law or some particular uh, string of, of obedient acts. He's talking about that faithfulness that issues from that faith. So I've come to you today as one of the pure bloods I'm holding out here. And uh, there's going to come a time when uh, there won't be many of us pure bloods, non-genetically modified, by the way. I'm not genetically modified. I haven't got the jab, and I'm going to stay that way till Jesus takes me up. And so all of you out there who uh, have been genetically modified, you can still go to heaven. Uh, you'll just be dragging an old sick body along with you when you go. All right, I'm uh, done, and we'll come back uh, to see you again next week.